0: Let's go to the comic book lounge with Mindy and Mark. How to Lose a Guy, Gardner,
1: in 10 Days. We have a new Trinity, more backstory for Alan and Wesley, the kickoff of Ghost Machine, the origin story of the mysterious cowboy, and we get abducted in saucer country. This is How I Got My Wife to Read Comics for Sunday, February 18th, 2024. I'm Mark.
2: And I'm Mindy. Just a reminder you can go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get our feed, other SF podcasts and blogs, and subscribe via your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review.
1: You can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com, like us at facebook.com slash sfppn, check out Instagram at sfpodnetwork, or call us at 614-321-9737. That's 614 Three, two, one, nine SFP. This week included Valentine's Day, and DC generally does an anthology for major holidays. So, DC's How to Lose a Guy Gardener in Ten Days, by Porter, Robles, Waltke, Chavron, Lore, Brandt, Stein, Savage, Gaylor, Charm, Hopeless, Rivas, Hay, Sanapo, Mann, Rodriguez. Prado, and Trindale.
2: The title story involves Guy dating Vicki Vale, she of the early Batman comics. He keeps trying his best to woo her, but she's just in it for a story, at least at first. Guy remembers a story she told about a childhood bike, and he proceeds to build a duplicate in front of her with his ring. They agree to be just friends.
1: Robots Are Red, Androids Are Blue stars Red Tornado, who covers the JLA monitor duty while the others are off on Valentine's Day dates. Wayne Tech whipped up an AI to keep him company, and Reddy pours out his cybernetic heart to it. He just ended a long relationship with Kathy Sutton, a counselor at Magnum Labs. The AI suggests it may not be too late, but it turns out Kathy has already moved on. The AI becomes a simulacrum of Kathy, and they share a cybernetic kiss at the end.
2: Golden Pairs stars Booster Gold, who's running a dating course, which falls apart when a blogger tries it and fails miserably. Of course, Booster goes back in time to save the date. Turns out his date is a supervillain they battle, and the time stream has changed. And now the blogger writes an expose about Booster's course being a sting operation to catch minor criminals.
1: Too Many First Dates stars Barry Allen, just as he's having his first date with Iris doesn't go well, so Barry keeps going back in time to fix it. This goes on for multiple rounds before Jay and Joan Garrick convince him he should just let the date flow naturally. The date ends up being a fiasco, but Iris has fun and all is well.
2: Never Been Kissed stars John Constantine back in his childhood. His buddy Gaz just wants to kiss a certain girl, so John runs various scams to get him used to the idea. It doesn't work out, but it appears the boys almost become a couple themselves. Then it turns out that the certain girl is John's sister. Cut to modern day and John looking down at his sister's grave with the ghost of Gaz next to him.
1: Love's a Stretch stars Plastic Man. After a bad date, he agrees to help a girl catch another superhero. He's depressed about the whole thing and pours his heart out to a waitress at a diner. A date with another girl turns out to just be an influencer looking for likes. So he decides to try superheroes and it goes about as well as you would expect. In the end, he may end up with the waitress.
2: Say Yes to the Mess stars Wonder Woman, who just doesn't understand Valentine's Day. Various villains keep throwing themselves at her. She asks Etta why, and her reply is, Have you seen yourself? So she decides to accept all their advances, getting them together at the same time. She suggests they might be happier with each other, and some pair off. Oh, and they met at Argus Safehouse, so the troublemakers were taken away.
1: Date Night stars Nightwing and Batgirl trying to have a civilian date. Both are separately keeping tabs on a possible issue, which turns out to be the same issue. They simultaneously beg off and then suit up. We learn that Dick wears it under his clothes. It's snug and thermal. The pair wind up Netflix and chilling on his couch.
2: Trinity Special by King, Semper, Ortega, More, and Sanchez. For those not keeping up with the mainstream DC continuity, like us, there's a new Trinity, John Kent, son of Clark, Damian Wayne, son of Bruce, and Trinity, a.k.a. Elizabeth Lizzie Marston, Prince, future daughter of Diana. She's a Tom King creation, and this special, he weaves a set of stories about the trio.
1: From the boys babysitting her as a little girl... Damien reluctantly agrees to take her on a case where she punches out Killer Croc, to the Fortress of Solitude, where a teenage Trinity Black mercies herself, dreaming of the boys fighting for her love, to the now-young-adult ad- heroes in a Kanga race to determine who names the team. She wins, and she picks Gen S. To showing parallels between Lizzie and Diana as they face their mothers competing in bullets and bracelets— to the now fully adult heroes going through an ancient Themyscirian ritual, just so she can talk to a prisoner, which will lead us into the next arc of the main Wonder Woman comic. It will be interesting to see if Lizzie survives when Tom King leaves the main title.
2: Back to the new golden age for Alan Scott, The Green Lantern by Sheridan, Torme, Fernandez, Livesey, Tarragona, and Herms and Wesley Dodds, The Sandman, by Vendetti, Rosmo, and Placentia.
1: GL's tale begins with the origin of the Golden Age Red Lantern. Johnny Ladd, a.k.a. Vlad, grew up in 1920s Belarus, where he left home and joined the Red Army. He showed great potential and was pulled into their spy program by a high-ranking member of the political directorate who had a relationship with him. The USSR learned of the U.S.'s Crimson Flame project and sent Vlad to infiltrate it using Alan as a patsy, and they ended up as lovers. When the Crimson Flame experiment went haywire, Vlad was pulled into the ocean, saved by Russian divers. He then became a guinea pig for their experiments, with plans to make him the first of a host of super-soldiers.
2: Back to 1940 and Vlad standing over Alan after he beat him up, switching into his Red Lantern guys. He taunts Alan, talking about the college ring Johnny gave him for a school that never had a baseball team. Did Vlad mean to get caught? They battle again, and Vlad traps Alan inside a force bubble after traveling through a wall. Vlad has learned far more than Alan about the lantern capabilities. Alan asks him if Vlad is jealous of his other relationships, and Vlad replies, I'm not like you. I have a wife now. Does she know that you're a... A what? A spy. They talk about a house they rented and how happy they were there. This breaks Vlad's concentration, giving Alan time to break out and grabbing Vlad's lantern. Vlad warns him not to use it. But he does.
1: Wesley's story shows the aftermath of his evil doppelganger falling to his death, being questioned by the police, who decide Wesley is a hero for saving Vanderpile. Cut to Wesley in uniform, sneaking into a local military base. After seeing the effects of his gas personally, he uses it to just knock soldiers out. Unfortunately, he runs out of his gas at a critical moment and almost gets caught. He manages to make it to Colonel Breckinridge and kidnaps him.
2: Breckinridge tells the whole tale. He wanted to get Dodds to hand over his gas formulas for cash, but seeing that he had scruples, sends Kluge to steal them. The formulas have already been sent on to be used in the military. When Sandman calls it a war crime, the reply is, Victory is unimpeachable. War crimes are for the defeated. Wesley recorded the whole confession and leaves him for the cops.
1: Humphreys, Wesley's butler, was sent off to help Vanderpile as he convalesced. When Humphreys finds Wesley's journal there, he gets a candlestick to the head as payment. VanderPyle is the real bad guy. Your country thanks you for your service. You're a casualty of war.
2: Ghost Machine number one from Image Ghost Machine by Johns Frank Hitch, Faboch, Tomasi, Manipool, Snellberg, McGee, and Rice. This is the official kickoff of a host of upcoming books all under the Ghost Machine imprint with an impressive list of creatives. Some are comparing this to the creation of Image Comics itself.
1: Geiger brings those who didn't read the pre-Ghost Machine issues up to speed. 25 years after those events, an old man tells kids about The Glowing Man, a father and family man with cancer who lives through a nuclear explosion due to the chemochemicals in his system He loses his family, although he initially thinks they survived in the bunker, but gains the ability to absorb and shoot radiation. Only containment rods in his back stop him from exploding himself. He wanders this new world, hunting for a cure, along with his two-headed wolf. Geiger is warned that a lot of people are coming for you, including...
2: Redcoat, a.k.a. Simon Pure, a Revolutionary War soldier who somehow becomes immortal. He experiences death each time he's killed, but pops back up. He's quite the adventurer and scofflaw, meeting historical figures including Benedict Arnold, another immortal, Einstein, who blackmails him to learn magic, Davy Crockett, who had a relationship with Sasquatch, apparently, the Northerner, another immortal from the Civil War, Annie Oakley, who shot him in the head, and he deserved it. We were reminded of Captain Jack Harkness of Doctor Who, or maybe Jack of Fables?
1: we get a timeline for the unnamed that have been showing up since the start of all of this, which is starting to make more sense, followed by Who's Who entries, including ones for Junkyard Joe and President Sarah Nash.
2: Then it's Rook Exodus, a preview of a sci-fi series about an abandoned world set up by a megacorporation with soldiers remaining who are given the ability to control animals. They're salvaging equipment and supplies to get off the planet. This is followed by more Who's Who pages for Rook, who can control crows, and Swine, who can control pigs, and Direwolf, who can control wolves.
1: We continue with a family universe, a less morose set of stories. The Rockefellers star what seems like a classic nuclear family, but they're actually undercover from the 25th century. They're enlisted in the Time Zone Protection Program to save the past and their future. Hornsby and Halo are two kids playing baseball, except one is the angel child of a demon family, and the other is a demon child of an angel family. Both sides of a brokered peace between heaven and hell are running an experiment to see if the two kids will become friends or enemies.
2: Finally, there's Hyde Street, what appears to be an anthology horror title. Assuming the books actually come out on time, and Johns is infamous for not meeting his date— Geiger, Redcoat, and Rook Exodus will be out in April with the other books following.
1: Love Everlasting, number 12, from Image, by King, Chartier, Hollingsworth, and Cowles. This issue shows up what happened to Jake, a.k.a. the cowboy, after he lost Joan. He keeps getting flashbacks to what Joan said to him, I got an aunt in Rochester, so he's off to Rochester. He spends a snowy night in a farmer's barn only to kill the farmer's son who tried to steal his boots and the farmer himself who attacked Jake for killing his boy. The farmer's wife wants to know, you're going to kill us or not? But he just heads out into the storm.
2: More deaths follow, and then the sheriff tracks him down to a saloon. A firefight follows, and it's a bloodbath. Jake rides off again, eventually falling off his horse and waking up with his neck in a noose. Jake keeps asking about Rochester, and the sheriff is nice enough to tell him he's in that town's limits. A woman takes out the posse and save Jake's skin. And the story turns into modern day with the woman as Jake's therapist. This is the same therapist Joan saw, and she decides to hire Jake. His new job, find and kill Joan. I'm going to need a mask. I don't want her to see me cry.
1: Also wanted to note in passing that Paul Cornell's saucer country came to an end in a final issue that kind of came out of nowhere. This has been a long journey, starting as a DC Vertigo book in 2012 and returning as an IDW book called Saucer State in 2017. Six years after that last issue, here is this image special, the result of a crowdsourcing campaign to complete the story. It was published as a single volume last year with this story included. Now, it's all about extraterrestrials with the U.S. president believing she was once abducted, that it turns out she was, but there's a whole conspiracy program involved. It would be impossible to go through this book without going through the earlier storylines, so I suggest you search them out or just order the complete
0: volume. AnnouncerBot, how can the folks find us online? Go to sfpodcastnetwork.com to get the feed, other SF podcasts, and blogs subscribe by your favorite podcast catcher and leave us a review you can email sfpodcastnetwork at gmail.com like us at facebook.com sfppn check out instagram at sfpodnetwork. call us at 614 321 that's 614 321 sfp back to you mark thanks for listening everybody bye bye bye